The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years, and during that time she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel, and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So Mari, what's your show about today? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about courage and the incredible human spirit and how people can resolve their own conflicts within their own heart and soul. And I read this wonderful book called Silence and Secrets, A Jewish Woman's Tale of Escape, Survival, and Love in World War II by Yvonne Carson Cardozo. And the fun thing about this book, for at least for me and, and Yvonne, is that I met her a few years ago, uh, and she told me she wanted to write a book. And um, I introduced her to my dear friend and a wonderful writer who helped her write it, um, Leonard Simchuk, and Leonard's been on our show for his books too. And it was such a, a wonderful synchronicity to be able to meet each other. And then I got to read the book when it was done, and it is just a beautiful book, heart wrenching and heartwarming. And it really goes to the issue of dealing with one's own inner conflicts and being able to reveal secrets that that you know you might keep for your whole life. So let me just tell you a little bit, Yvonne. Um, when she suffered the tyranny of silence, of not having a voice, Yvonne ended up keeping really horrible secrets. And in her courageous memoir here, she breaks the change of silence and reveals an incredible story of evading the Nazis, escaping the threat of annihilation, surviving in really strange worlds across the world, and finding love in a new life. And she was only 12 years old when she and her family escaped the German occupation of Belgium. She lost her brother and 50 relatives in the death camps. And then as a refugee, she traveled to France and Spain, Jamaica and West Indies. And she joined the Dutch Indonesian army and served in Australia and Indonesia, where she worked in the Netherlands forces intelligence service. And she deciphered um, secret military code and it, it, she has an incredible life of what she did. After the war, she finally came to the United States. And this has been her home for the past 55 years. And she has two children. And she lives in California. And we're just so thrilled to have her. And it's very cute because on Veterans Day 2013, Yvonne was honored as Veteran of the Year for the city of Mission Viejo, California. So she's she's our right now kind of a homegrown Orange County woman. And 
Um, I went to her book signing, and I'm just thrilled to have her on the show. Let me tell you a little bit about Leonard, who was so wonderful to to speak with her and help pull out the secrets. Because when you keep secrets for 50 years, it it's kind of hard. And Leonard is one of these people that anyone can talk to. He's just got a heart as big as the whole world. Leonard Simchuk, MSW and LCSW, is an author, a speaker, a psychotherapist, a life coach, a wonderful guy, a spiritual guru, and for the past 40 years, he's worked both in Australia and America as a counselor and educator. He is an Amazon best-selling author of The Roadmap Home, Your GPS to Inner Peace, which we've talked about on this show, and the sequel to his novel, Cuckoo Forevermore, a lighthearted satire on psychotherapy, and that's going to be published in 2014. And he writes, he counsels, he conducts seminars. We've done some seminars together, and he's the proud father of two adult children. He lives in Dana Point. So we're all homegrown, and um, he's my dear Maxie Me friend, and we're writing a book together, too. So I am just thrilled to have you both on. Thank you so much, Yvonne and Leonard. Well, it's great to be here, Mari, and great to be here with uh, my dear friend, Yvonne. Okay, so let's start out, Yvonne, and kind of uh, let us know here why you, you know, when I met you, you had this burning in your soul. So why did you write Silence and Secrets, a Jewish woman's tale of escape, survival, and love in World War II? Well, I had many friends and people that told me, why don't you write a book? They knew something happened to me, but I didn't really tell them the truth. And then I had people telling me that there was not such a thing as gas chambers. And I couldn't prove it, but it makes me so mad. And I feel that, yes, there, is a, there was a Holocaust, and I lived in Europe during that time. And you felt you had a duty to, to really tell these, these stories, right? Right. How about, I think the amazing thing is and it, is that you didn't share this with your kids. You want to share a little bit about that, how you kept it such a secret? Um, you and your husband both lived through that. Can you tell a little bit about how you kept that a secret from your family, your kids? Well, we went through so much, both of us. My husband was in the McKee in France, and we decided when we got married not to talk to the children about it because we felt bad. We were hurt so much, and we didn't want to hurt our children, which I know now probably was the wrong thing to do. And so that was our secret, and we didn't share our secrets with each other either. So I really know very little about my husband, and he knew very little about me. Unfortunately, I waited until he passed away. I wish I didn't, but I did. Well, you know, everything happens for a reason. You can only do it when you're ready, right? You can only do it when you're ready. Right. So how did that feel, keeping all of this inside? I mean, that must have been um, kind of an inner conflict. You know, the name of our show here is Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. And that must have been some kind of... How did that feel inside, Yvonne? Well, it feels... Uh, luckily, my memory is so good, but it felt like it kept following me year after year. It never left me. And there were always repeats. I saw things and I thought, oh, 
I've been through that. And so why should I have bothered my children? And so I told them very little, and they wanted to know more and more after my husband passed away. And then I thought, well, maybe I should tell them more and write a book. So what happened? I, I met your daughter, who is wonderful. I met her at that book signing, and she was adorable. So how uh, how was that? When what did they say to you after they read your book? Well, my children were so happy, and they feel now they can place everything in its place because what I told them, they didn't know in what country, and so it happened. They just couldn't remember. And the same thing with my nieces with my sister's children, who went through all this the same thing as I did. And they didn't know, so they are happy to finally learn the truth. Oh, so your sister didn't tell anybody either what she went through, right? Right. We didn't. We didn't open up. I don't know why we didn't open up about anything. Let me ask Leonard something. I know, Leonard, you're, aside from being a fabulous writer, you're also a counselor and a psychotherapist. I mean, what better person to to work with, Yvonne? I was so excited when you were working together. So, Leonard, what was it like for you pulling all these secrets out? Well, I think the <clears throat> one of the first things that came to my mind in meeting with Yvonne was her tremendous courage. And I, I knew that there were so many rich Stories that Yvonne had within her that she just needed to reveal them and share her stories, not only just for her own self, but for the world. I know you mentioned her daughter, uh, Vivian, and uh, I remember in talking with Vivian that when she was reading the book, at different parts of the book, she, she would be moved to tears. And I think that as Yvonne was uh, revealing her story, uh, Yvonne was... Uh, also learning more about herself and in the process um, was teaching the world about really what happened back then and how people survive in traumatic situations. So some people, we know about post-traumatic stress disorder, but I think in Yvonne's situation too, she experienced post-traumatic growth. How to survive, how to, how to tap into that tremendous um, inner strength, this inner spirit to survive horrific, horrific things that she endured during the war. You know, Leonard, I know you and I talked while you were helping her with this book, and I know that it touched you deeply. How did it impact you? You know, I think it impacted me in a number of ways. Number one is I thought to myself, if ever I have a problem, it's so insignificant compared to what Yvonne went through. Here's a woman, Yvonne, who escaped at age 12, escaped the Nazis, um, um, had a walk practically across France, uh, were, were in refugee homes, uh, escaped over the mountains, the Pyrenees Mountains into Spain. In the middle of the night, uh, she went to different refugee camps. And I think as I heard her story over and over, I said to myself, if I ever have a problem, it is just so tiny compared to what Yvonne went through. And then Yvonne also maybe realize the power of the human spirit, the spirit to overcome adversity. And I just I just admire Yvonne is my hero, Mari. Oh. 
And how did you feel um, with Leonard pulling all of this out of you that was really hidden in your heart and in your in yourself for such a long time, just kind of like buried there? How did that feel, Yvonne? It was very hard because I have a son who is a psychologist and he tried. <laughs> and it was harder on me. Miss Leonard, he came around. He was so much more of me because he's uh, the six months that we spent together, and I it was hard to talk to him to tell the truth, and it still is. Yes. You know, if I can say something, Mari, too, is this, I think that Yvonne, as she began to mm, feel more comfortable revealing the secrets and feeling that they were safe, I think that's one of the key things, to feel safe in revealing secrets to a witness, to someone who wants to hear the story, uh, it makes it a little bit easier to reveal secrets in life. But you know, it, w- it was very difficult. Imagine some of these horrific things, even talking about the, the death of her brother, uh, who was on the same train convoy as her husband's father, who also perished in the death camps. Uh, to, to resurrect some of these images in these stories, it was a very painful thing for Yvonne, and I just tried to create the space for safety for her just to reveal herself. Yes, it's beautiful that you were able to do that. Um, could you tell us, Yvonne, a couple of the stories that were that were that are in your book? Because I, I read your book and I loved it. But could you tell a couple of the stories, a little of the, a couple of the secrets, so that well, people kind of has a, have an idea about some of the things that were really like really hidden deeply inside you? Well, when I found out about my brother, we didn't know where he was. And then we found out that there was a reprisal for the murder in 1943 about two German Air Force officers. And that they decided that 2,000 male Jews between the ages of 16 and 65 were arrested and they had to you go to camps, Camp Gers first, Trancy, and then to Auschwitz. They punished them for those two officers, and my brother was there. In And by coincidence, we found out that my brother and my husband's father, who didn't know each other, we didn't know we were children both, mm. and they were on the same transport, mm. my brother and my husband's father, and we don't know exactly how my brother, I know how my uh, husband's father died. He died in uh, the camp. But my brother escaped the train, and they caught him again. Mm. And thinking how they could have heard him after they caught him. Mm. And finally died in a camp, but I don't know which one. We never found out which camp he died in. Mm. How about, you know, how is it that you could survive? Kind of tell us a little bit about that escape and how you did survive. Well, first of all, when the war broke out, we, we couldn't believe that we, that that would happen to us in Belgium. So we were, people were on the street and talked to each other, but we really didn't know, nobody believed. Holland was taken overnight, and there was Belgium right next to it, and we knew we had to leave right away because being Jewish, we had to go. I didn't understand too well why, 
at the age of 12 because it was a silence and secrets in our house too. Mm. We were not supposed to talk about it. So we decided right away to leave that same day that Holland was taken. We saw the bomb coming down from a train with refugees from Holland mm. in Ghent where I lived. And I showed it to my dad. I saw coming something out of the sky, and then we heard it, that it was a bomb. Oh, God. Hmm. And so we decided, my mother put all some clothes on, in sheets to carry around for my dad and my brother to carry. And the banks were closed, so no more money, hmm. no food, no transportation. Everything we had to do was walk to the French border, mm. to hoping that France would let us in, which they did. And once in France, naturally you get hungry, you have no money. Then we found out that the Red Cross was there, standing and showing us where we could eat for free, which is a terrible thing that all of a sudden you have to hold up your hand and please give us some food. They were very nice, the Red Cross. Mm. And we were stuck with all, now we were refugees. And the soldiers were around to help tell us where to go. We didn't know at night where to sleep because the Red Cross didn't have time for all those people. There were millions of people, in my idea, that walked around. Mm. So what we did, we went to look for farmers at the farm. When they were asleep, we went in the barns and slept with cows and the fleece. We slept there. It was a shock to the cows, I guess, but <laughs> we had to sleep somewhere. Oh. And then the next day, we tied out to get early, and again, the same thing, the Red Cross for food, and walking, and walking, and walking, mm. just like everybody else that was out on the street. Amazing. I mean, were you... Did you ask your mom at that time, your mom and dad, and say, you know, what's going on? Why are they doing this to us? What, you know, why are they picking on us? Well, I understood that being Jewish at that time didn't help. But my parents, again, didn't explain that much. No other than that we had to leave. Being Jewish, you had to get out. Otherwise, mm. you'd be killed by the Nazis. Mm. And I couldn't see why they would do it. We didn't do anything wrong but religion that they didn't like, but I couldn't understand it. And you went from having just a like a, a happy life where all of you were living fine and had a home to live in, to war being warm, to just being out on the streets like a bum, huh? Yeah, we had a roof over our head, we had food. I had my parents who... Mm take over for children, and yet we were not safe. Right. I know that there were, in your book you talk about there were a number of strangers that came into your life to help you survive. Can I know you just talked about the uh, Red Cross and the fact that France let you in. Were there any others that helped you? Oh, yes. We When we went through France, the first village was okay. I don't think they really understood themselves as Jews were. And they were very nice to us people. But then we ended up the last village where we stayed in France. And there was an Italian man. He was the friend of my older sister. Mm. 
He was the, such a help to us. He was our hero. His name was Sisto. He was always there for us. He helped us out. He helped us escape. He found people secretly driving us to the train station from Limoges so that we could take the train and go back to Perpignan, which we left. That was a mistake. But we, how did we know that we had to escape again? Mm. And then once in Perpignan again, we tried to find people. We first walked into the doctor. My older sister and I, we arranged the trip, uh, the two of us together, the escape, because my parents didn't speak French. So we, as we were on the street, there was our doctor that was in the, our doctor from the hospital who took care of us for a good four months. He recognized us and honked his horn and wanted absolutely to talk to us. We tried to pretend that we didn't know him, but we had to give up and talk to him. Now, now that doctor was, he was in a, a French hospital, and Yvonne and her uh, older sister were deathly ill uh, with hepatitis, typhus, mm. and they were hospitalized, I believe, for at least two, three months. Mm. And this doctor, of course, they didn't talk or mention that they were Jewish girls, but this doctor was like a saint. As Yvonne told, tells a story, he looked after them, made sure they got excellent medical care, and he really helped them move on to the road to recovery. That's the doctor that Yvonne was talking about when they finally recovered and, and then they went back because they had to get passports. They had to get um, um, passports or documents to escape from France. Um, so the doctor was the other person, another person that really was quite a... He was like an angel in in the book. And, you know, we wonder about those people, like how they have, they have courage too. Like the doctor was very courageous. Oh, yes. Because he had to know that you guys were Jewish too, right? Oh, yes. He didn't talk about that. But he said right away when he saw that he saw that we were scared, he said, don't be scared of me. I'm too happy to see you. Mm. And again, he never asked him what we were doing there or where we were going. He never brought that up. And since we were, it got late in the afternoon, so my sister and I, we decided to go to the Red Cross before they closed and see what we could do there because you can't go to the police department. So Right. So we went to the Red Cross, and as we walked in, there was one woman in the hospital that obviously didn't like us. She knew we were Jewish, and one night she called the nurse, I want like those two, two those two, and then she came up, two Dutch girls rather than two Jewish girls, which made us happy that she didn't say it. Oh. But I want the same thing that they have. Well, we were fed like that because there was nothing, that was what the doctor decided was good for us. When we walked in the Red Cross, who was sitting behind the desk, only one woman, and that was her. And naturally, we were both shocked because it was only a year later we recognized her, and she recognized us. And the first thing she said, don't be scared of me. Mm. I have changed. Oh, my God. And that felt so good. She went to the back and got some woman, and we had to go to the back room, and that was the woman from the underground. 
So that was kind of like the beginning of the underground uh, helping uh, Yvonne and her sister get uh, uh, new passports with, you know, like their forged passports uh, so that they could eventually escape. Again, the, the, this remarkable story of how these individuals came forward, uh, really they risked their lives to help uh, Yvonne and her family, but um, you know, sometimes in, in horrible situations like war, uh, incredible people come forward. Yes, the true the the people who are really got some heart and compassion. Mm. Yeah, that was wonderful. You know, so let's talk about the fear because this was real fear. I mean, you knew people were were dying, right? You knew people. You knew that Jewish people were being killed, and oh yeah. Yeah, so um, you didn't at that point. You were just with your sister. You weren't with your mother, right? You... I was just with my older sister. Yes. But then, uh, since we needed passport pictures, everything was censored, and you couldn't talk on the phone either. So the underground told us that one of us had to go back to our parents to have passport pictures made because oh. we couldn't write it. Oh no! And so, well. Between the two of us, my sister and I, we decided that I was the chosen one. I had to go back. There I was only 15 years old mm. and went back on the train, the night train again, all the way to Perpignan, uh, to Limoges from Perpignan. Now, could you imagine, here's Yvonne, 15 years old, on the train. In bed. At that time, she didn't have any documentation. So if uh, uh, the police or uh, the Nazis went on the train, I mean... She, she would be taken. Right, And right. so here she's on the train. Talk about being being in the face of, of uh, terror because you're not really sure what can happen. And that and that's where she learned about silence and secrets for sure. She well, had to keep it silent and secret that she was Jewish. To right, survive, right, absolutely. I mean, to survive, that was part of your whole survival mechanism. Right, right. You couldn't talk. You had to be scared. Even my sister and uh, the uh, French was not our language, but right. we, on the street, even when nobody was around, we spoke French to each other. Right. Even though we have an accent, yes. it was better speaking French yes. than our own language. How did you deal with that fear? I mean, that was constant, right? Right. Fear is hard to explain. I, I just don't know how to explain. You live with it. You have no choice, and you go on. But it is the worst thing. I don't wish that to anybody. Mm. Not any. Not to my biggest enemy. Right. Now I know that uh, you were in refugee camps in Jamaica and the Dutch West Indies, and then you ended up, you know, uh, joining the Indonesian Army, where you served in the Netherlands forces. Uh, tell us about that. Well, now finally, I was free. And I felt like I could help somebody. I knew that Indonesia was occupied by the Japanese and that there were camps there. I heard about it, but we didn't know the truth. But looking at myself, the fear and so on, so now I could help. I was only 17 years old. My sisters joined the army, and so I did too. I was first refused because they didn't take him at that age, but they changed their mind right away and took me mm. because that, Holland was occupied and didn't have the woman from mm. there. So, put, if, I, if I can interrupt, uh, just to put that in context, again, uh, just here's the, the way the story goes. And so Yvonne was in uh, 
uh, refugee uh, places in France, and they escaped over the Pyrenees Mountains to Spain, and they were deported to Jamaica for another refugee um, camp, and then from Jamaica to the West Indies, and then to Cuba, and then in Cuba is where Yvonne signed up for the uh, Dutch Indonesian Army, and then she was um, given training in the United States. It's just amazing. And you know what? We are just about out of time. I can't believe it. That's why you who are listening, you're going to have to get this book. It's called Silence and Secrets, A Jewish Woman's Tale of Escape, Survival, and Love in World War II by Yvonne Carson Cardoza. And she was helped in writing this with our wonderful friend and beautiful writer, uh, Leonard Simchuk. And we're going to you, now you have to go to find out what happened when she, when she got in there, because I'm not going to tell you. We don't have enough time. So, um, Leonard and, and Yvonne, will you just give your websites? Uh, Yvonne, give your website for the book, and Leonard, give your website, and then it's time to go. Uh, my website is Silence and Secrets. Okay, silenceandsecrets.com. And Leonard, why don't you just give yours? And, and people can go to roadmaphome.com. Roadmaphome.com. I love you both, and this is a wonderful undertaking that the two of you did collaboratively. It's a fabulous book, and we will have you back again. So thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you, Mari. Bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank, host of Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. Please visit our website at conflicthealing.com. And may you have peace in your life. Thanks. expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.